Chapter Fifty Six of the Peril Finders. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Peril Finders by George Fenn. Chapter Fifty Six. Like to go again? Chris Lee had the impression next morning that he had lain for hours listening to the strange cries of wild creatures which had once more made the plantations their home. And he smiled at the idea that had come to him respecting a meeting when he rose from the blanket and saddle bed upon which he had slept better than he remembered ever to have done in his life. His first look was at the place Ned had occupied, but he was already gone and upon hurrying out he came upon him just visible as he forced his way through the tall growth with an orange in each hand and a half dozen tucked into his breast good morning he shouted i've been down to the river it seems full of fish that's good news cried chris isn't it but look here there'll be a long talk over breakfast this morning about seen griggs no but why will they talk about him over breakfast stuff i didn't mean that he came to the river with me and he's gone now to light a fire and boil the kettle he wants to talk to you as he did to me what about what about why about this place he's red hot over it and says it would be madness to go away now and give up real gold for what may after all be nothing better than a dream what do you think i said chris laughing that i've had enough fighting and tramping to last me for many years to come then if i say i'll stay will you i don't know yet said chris what why you're never going to run back i'm not going to run back nor run forward replied chris i'm going to do just what my father does and in spite of your talk i believe you'll stand by mr bourne of course cried ned but he's sure to say he'll stay there's only your father and wilton on the other side so we shall be four to two if you'll stand by me now what do you say nothing at present let's wait ned pressed for a definite promise but Chris remained firm and went to help Griggs in his preparation of the first breakfast that had been eaten upon the old hearth for two years. It was rough, but appetite would have made up for that, only it seemed wanting, and the steaming coffee and the tough damper bread remained almost untasted for a time, everyone being thoughtful and silent. At last the doctor spoke. Look here, he said. I've got something upon my mind and judging from your looks it seems to me that every one is not only troubled in the same way but eager to get that something off am i right in coming to the conclusion that you're all thinking of the same thing i guess i am said griggs i'm sure i am said bourne i'm thinking that the sooner we get to work the better said wilton that's soon settled then said the doctor for there is no occasion to ask the boys it's written plainly in both their faces we all think that it would be madness to talk of leaving such a home as we can make of this all came in chorus and then the appetite for breakfast while they worked afterwards as they had never worked before to master and drive back the encroaching forest fetch stores with their mule train from the distant port rebuild and restore and in due time plant gather and farm to provide the necessaries of life till golden hollow as it was renamed became a veritable Eden, a home which attracted others, till as time went on the peril-finders struggled to grasp at the phantom gold, seemed to grow more and more like some exciting dream. 
Ever think of the shooting now, boys? said Griggs one day, as he stood by the side of the great green basket of fruit he had gathered and just set down, to turn over some half a dozen that were beginning to glow like gold. Not often, said Ned, but it will come at times. Do you, said Griggs, turning to Chris, who looked thoughtful? Yes, I did only yesterday, was the reply. I was at the bottom of the big peach orchard when I regularly jumped for there was a sharp whiz close to my ear, and I began to think of the Indians hiding behind every bush. But it couldn't have been an arrow, cried Griggs. No, only a hawk making a dash at one of those blue-breasted birds. But it set me thinking of arrows flying, and using one's rifle, too. Ah, rough times, those, said Griggs, picking up two oranges, and then a third to keep them juggler fashion, following one another through the air. Like to go again? No, shouted Chris and Ned together in a way which disconcerted the juggler so that the oranges all came down to be picked up quickly as the American said sharply same here once was enough End of chapter 56 and the end of the peril finders by George Fenn